Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. It's another Weekly Jump. So, Oh, it's a special, belated Valentine's <laughs> weekly romance jump. Hey, Blake. Weekly beat, right? Because isn't it shoujo beat is like the, the one that's targeted at girls and is mostly romance. Weekly beat. You know how you have a beat each week? Every week, you got to beat it. Yep. That's how, we are. That's, how you, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> you weekly beat. <laughs> you do it good. <laughs> Uh, all can, right. Can we talk about this thing that we read? But you want to do the manga first? It's like, tell us what we read. <laughs> we read a manga called Boys Over Flowers. Oh my god! Which is one of my favorite titles because I'm just like, what's going to happen here? Um. And all right, Boys Over Flowers. So first of all, I often, although sometimes I forget, but I like to pull up the Wikipedia page for the stories. Uh, just so I can give some, you know, high-level uh, technical information. And when I typed in Boys Over Flowers, I got Boys Over Flowers TV series, which I assumed was an anime series. And then I saw it was a live-action series. Oh. There is a live-action adaptation of the manga that we read today, and I kind of want to watch it. Anyways, so Boys Over Flowers. So <laughs> Let me I, go to the I, real page. I explained this manga after reading it as antiquated mean girls. Yeah, but the but it's the boys who are mean. Yeah, so this is um, the girls are mean too. See. I guess that's that's actually fair. So uh, and also, everyone's mean in Japan. <laughs> what we have today for these two things are classic romance stories because. Uh, I, I started reading this and I was like, oh, this manga is from a while ago. <laughs> and so uh, it looks like the original run started in October of 1992. And here's something I didn't expect. Ran until June of 2008. Yep. Holy crap. Um, so Boys Over turns Flowers. Out, turns is- out if you're making a teen drama, you can run it forever. Forever. And yeah. also... Um, if you are making a medical drama <laughs> that is basically a teen drama, you can run for even more ever Hugh Gray's Anatomy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Boys Over Flyers is about a girl, what's her name? Tsukuchi or something? Not important. Uh, she goes to, yeah, it's about a girl. She goes to a very high class, very elite private school mm-hmm. uh, most of the students at this private school are rich assholes there is a decent amount of time spent especially in the first chapter uh examining the fact that the rich people are disaffected in a way that is um kind of uh offensive to the few people in the school that are not rich like there's there's a panel where one of one of the like main characters who's not rich is like, uh, is like, I have a job and they're like, Oh, you have a job so that you can have the experience of having a job. And she's like, no, because I have to supplement 
the the income of my family and they're like ah because your allowance runs out every week right that's crazy i get such a shit allowance from my family too it's only like a hundred thousand yen a week and it's just like it's just that kind of thing where rich people don't realize that their lives are not difficult and that a bunch of money counts as a bunch of money and not as not a bunch of money yeah our main character comes from a middle class family where the parents work super hard for her to be in the school so that she will presumably have good future opportunities. And she is deeply aware of this and deeply aware of the gulf that that puts between her and her classmates. And uh, there's also this group at the school called the F4, mm-hmm. which is not the Fantastic Four, unfortunately. Uh, it stands for the F- Flower Four, I guess. I don't know why flowers, uh, probably because they came up with the title boys over flowers and we're like, we'll work it in. We'll work it in later. And, uh, so it's four rich asshole boys who are sort of actually the mean girls metaphor is weirdly accurate. They are kind of the popular boys in school. Oh, they're absolutely and, fucking mean girls. They're, they're the, yeah, plastics. They are the plastics. And, um, what I said they, at the beginning of this show is holding True. You just, it's, uh-huh. it's like you think that I didn't think this metaphor through without just spouting it off. Like, I, yeah. I well, thought, I think thoughts. <laughs> I thought all the same so thoughts anyway, that I thought. So our, our main character is sort of like, a, a lot of this stuff in the first chapter is. Her name is Katie, about, but it's, it's written Caddy. <laughs> So uh, a lot of the stuff in the first chapter about her encountering rich people being unaware of their privilege is sort of a setup of the boiling frustration that she feels. Mm-hmm. And uh, this frustration bubbles over one day when she has an encounter with the F4, which have been shown earlier in the chapter to be completely willing to bully the shit out of somebody that gets mildly inconveniently in their way. Oh, to the point and, where it ruins the guy's life. Literally he Yeah, like he he's drops, literally like he drops out of school because of this. Uh-huh. Not goes to and when a he comes different back, he's school. forever changed yeah. physically. Like he looks like he had like a debilitating illness, but he really was just like bullied a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not I'm not laughing about that because this is a thing that can happen, but it is just a wild degree of bullying that these people are able are willing to go through. So, uh she has a run-in with them specifically because her like one friend uh who has just confessed that she was surprised that the main character referred to as her friend because the main character is kind of aloof and uh the girl was like, I wasn't even sure if you considered me a friend. And so it means a lot to me to hear you say that. And then she bumps into one of the F4 and the F4 is like, you should never bump into me. Accidents cannot occur in my presence. And then the main character is like, you guys fucking suck. And they're like, we're going to ruin your life with bullying. Except one of them who does not belong to the F4 at all and seems completely unwilling to go along with any of their shit and uh, also seems deeply interested in the main character. And I'm kind of like, I don't know. They do not do a good job of is establishing he, that he's part of the F4 other than just fucking saying it. Is he gruel, Blake? Is he, <laughs> is he gruel? Yeah. So, uh, 
so she starts a war with the the F4. And it seems like this manga series is going to be about her Blake, getting into... You have in- to talk about how the war started because... Oh, give me a second. Because, hold on. So, she the fir- her first offense is getting some dust on one of them. And he's like, yeah. bitch, you did not get dust on me. I'm con- uh-huh. their their whole thing is just like they're these mean go- mean bullies that are like yeah. rich kids but uh, every time I see them all I can think is just like these are like four really mean gays <laughs> <laughs> but they are they are sort of that rich person stereotype of like yeah. I am special because I'm rich and I want you to to i want things to go my way because i'm rich and they always do mm-hmm. and if even in a way that really ultimately doesn't matter at all things don't go my way it's going to be a huge problem for me and i have all the time and money in the world so i can just make that problem bigger and bigger and bigger yeah and that seems like the whole vibe and there's one of them in particular who is the focus of the first three chapters mm-hmm. curly hair and guy so th- Huh? Curly hair guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, there were like weird little asides from the author in these chapters. And one of them was, she was like, I wanted him to have dreadlocks, but then it didn't turn out right when I drew it. But now that's what he looks like. <laughs> so yeah, he has weird curly hair because she tried and failed to draw dreadlocks. And, uh, and then there's the other one who just does not seem like he is interested at all in being part of the F4 or participating in any of the bullying that the F4 seems to be doing as a unit, even though it mostly focuses on a not quite dreadlocks guy. And so the main character gets into sort of like a war with not quite dreadlocks guy and also has like a few interactions with the other one where he seems to express interest and intrigue in her but then at any moment in which he might be called out for being intrigued by her he's like well i just want it to be known that i don't find you interesting and i'm just here because i'm here uh and so i I was reading this and i was like i see where this is going she and he are going to fall in love and it's going to be a whole thing um According to Wikipedia, part of the genre is reverse harem. So it sounds like actually probably all of the F4 are going to be after her after a while is what I would assume. Mm-hmm. Maybe other guys. I don't know. There is a moment where like like she becomes a pariah in school because the F4 are so apt to bully people that if you're like seen talking to her, they might decide to bully you too. And then like people start talking to her because they are taking risks with like getting away with talking to her and not getting in trouble about it. And so like, I don't know, I could see this going a couple of different places. Content warning. There's also some sexual violence attempted in the second chapter. Yeah. And that was deeply unexpected and pretty uncool. Um, I thought it was more digestible than some of the sexual violence we've been exposed to in some of the series that we've had to cover on these episodes. And I don't like being able to say that sentence, but I did find that uh, it, it was never over-sexualized. It was basically always presented as wrong, and the main character got away from it. So... It doesn't really make it better. 
but it was more digestible, I think, in a weird way. Uh, all that said, this is not for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing that I really, really liked was that moment where they were just like, we're going to give you a little red slip of paper, which proves that we're at war. And she's just like, bitches. And she just puts four stickers on their foreheads. And she's just like, yeah. fuck you, I'm going to war. And I was just like, that's, yeah. such, a, that's such a boss move. <laughs> yeah, I think that the protagonist is pretty good. Yeah, she's great. Um, a, a lot of the times these protagonists are kind of milk toast and boring. And you're sort of like, why do people like them? But with her, she is kind of fighting for the rights of the everyman in a society of rich assholes. Mm -hmm. And that is deeply sympathetic in a way that like, if I were forced to consume more of this, I would not be the most upset, but it is not my, it's not my scene. And I think if you're into this kind of like romance, especially that sort of like enemies to lovers romance, which is what I'm assuming is happening here. Uh, I think this might really be your jam. Obviously, content warning. And if there's a content warning in the second chapter, I don't know what we have to expect in later chapters. I don't know if there's going to be an escalation of things. Um, So, you know, proceed with caution if you need to. But uh, if this is your type of thing, it's probably a pretty decent one. And it runs for like 200 something chapters. So you got a lot of ground to cover if you're into this kind of thing. Uh, and it looks like there have been a bunch of adaptations. So uh, if you like it, you can get into it. But I don't I it's not it's not really my type of thing. I didn't dislike it, but it's not for me. Now we have to talk about Ranma one half. <sighs> OK, I, so okay. this one is a uh, we're going to give away something that is in integral to the part of the plot of the this show is a super famous series by the way yes like i had never seen this but uh, boy did i know about it so the plot revolves around a person named ranma and i say person but i i should say a boy named ranma who has been cursed by a spring to turn into a girl when exposed to cold water and turn back into a boy when exposed to warm to hot water. Um, yeah, he got this from being in Japan. I mean, being in China with uh, mm-hmm. the most stereotypically Chinese voiced person I've ever heard. Um, oh yeah, you were like they would not do this today, would they? <laughs> oh yeah, I expected him to say way more stereotypical things and have yeah even I guess more of a stereotypical look worse. it was pretty bad yeah um and they also have like nudity um of shocking i did not expect that of children <laughs> yeah like the there's uh, i gotta they're supposed say to be 16 and of well they are seen this is that's yeah, children. that's a. Uh, I think that's a, a cultural age of consent difference, uh, which again does not make me okay with it, but does explain it a little bit in a way that I'm just deeply uncomfortable with. Yeah. Um. But yeah. It, so it's. Um. I didn't like. I did it. not. <laughs> I did not realize that there was like frequent full frontal nudity in this. Yep. Or I guess top nudity. Um. 
And it's drawn in a weird way that like the first time it showed up, I was like, wait, what? Because of the coloring choices that they made and the fact that it's done with just color and not with like the, the darker lines that are used to outline other aspects of the character. But yeah, there are multiple naked boobs in this and I was really taken aback by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is, um, I, it probably it's, it's probably supposed to be funny, right? Uh, I'm sure that that was their intent. Um, yeah. And- it, instead it was, Oh man, I don't want to say, I know that this is a very famous manga and anime. Yeah, Um, and to be fair, I don't think any of our longtime listeners are really expecting us to like this. No. (laughs) This is clearly outside of our interests. And also, I think that it is an old anime that is a cartoon. Um, Yeah. And I say that in the sense of like, it felt almost like an American cartoon. Um, And I think there was probably some play at that where like, it is definitely a comedy anime manga. Um, It is, it has some action inside of it, but the action is not the main point. The main point is to be a comedy gender bender. um, And it, it probably was, at a time where this wasn't happening very often inside of, or maybe not at all. Um, this is a old anime, old manga. Um, be yeah, aware. Uh, it is super 1987 outdated. Yeah. Is the beginning of the original manga. Run. It, it was born the same year that I was born. <laughs> <laughs> so take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would just say, yeah, um, for the full frontal nudity was a, a real surprise and was something where I'm like, you know, I knew about this series in no small part because a bunch of my friends in like high school and maybe even middle school read it. And I don't know, maybe it had f- nudity in that, too. I'm assuming it was edited because especially back in my youth getting unedited anime was something you really had to go through some hoops for as a fan. And if you're getting official releases, you were getting something that was dumbed down, uh, made, made for younger audiences than the original was intended and had a lot of stuff edited out. Um, But yeah, this was super popular. And again, this is similar to boys over flowers. This is a romance comedy. And that is, a combination of things that I do not look to anime and manga to fulfill. Uh, if I, I, you know, I like romantic stories and I like comedic stories, but the, those tropes done in anime and manga almost never work for me. Um, this is a good example of that. And it is a little hard for me to see why this was such a classic <laughs> because I was just like, it just felt a little generic to me, but that might be a consequence of it being the first of its kind and me coming upon it later uh, after having experienced some of the shows and series that were influenced by it. And therefore it sort of being perceived by me as being influenced by them because of the timing that I came upon it. Maybe. Uh, But yeah, it's just weird. Uh, It is 
not as regressive as I was afraid it was going to be about the gender stuff, at least in, in the first couple episodes. Uh, the characters seem uncomfortable with the gender swap of the main character because the main character wants to be a boy because he is a boy and he is being forced to be in a girl's body periodically, often against his will. And uh, I think that that's a perfectly reasonable thing to be annoyed by. Uh, the characters around him seem mystified by it because they just don't know how to react to this super weird curse. Um, and so I find all of that to be relatively believable in the, the confines of this fantasy premise in a way that I wasn't necessarily expecting. There is not a ton of stuff about the boy character touching his boobs because now he has them. There's not a ton of stuff about like there's some jokes about like the boy being a perv because he's in the girl, like he's in the bathroom with the girls or whatever when they first find out. Although that part initially made me laugh out loud because the girl walks in and sees that Rama has changed into a boy. And instead of like screaming or freaking out, she just quietly leaves (laughs) and like closes the door behind her. And I really dug that in a way that I just was not engaged with anything else that was happening. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I, I, it's fine. If you like this kind of thing, it's probably pretty decent. It is a classic. I'm sure that people who like this kind of thing feel that it deserves its classic status as an outsider who has heard about this for years and years and years and years and years and has finally gotten around to seeing it. I kind of don't get why it's a classic, but again, as I mentioned earlier, that might be in no small part, a consequence of the fact that a lot has happened since this first came out in a way that might make this feel less original, more derivative than it is strictly fair to attribute to it. So yeah, yeah, that's for me, for both of these series, I'm like, if this is your jam, it's probably a pretty good one, but it is not my jam. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, stick with us after these credits and get another important life lesson. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of, 
If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on Comic Book Keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. We'll see you next week, and until then... Remember, off in the distance, somewhere... Watching you from a distance, there is a panda who is also, I don't know if he's like a weird, weird uncle, maybe in this scenario, man, so weird, so weird.